to a very special Saturday morning special. It's a Saturday morning special. Yeah. Killer casting. My pre-psych up for our Oscar coverage, which I'm covering with our wingman, Dean. And a special guest actually is coming on next week uh, to talk about the Oscars is master teacher extraordinaire Howard Fine is coming on, who's just a legend. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I thought you were going to refer to me as a master teacher because I'm a teacher you as are, well. You are. Yes. You are a master teacher. Yes. And a master of lots of things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm here. Why am I here? We'll be here. This is, this is Paul, by the way. This is Paul Sullivan. Uh, you know me as the host of the Locked On MLB podcast, and you know me as the father of your children. That's right. My very wonderful partner in all things. Yes. Makes a mean spaghetti sauce. Amen. And I have seen every Best Picture nomination since 1943, with one exception, Killers of the Flower Moon. That is the only Best Picture nominee since 1943 that I have not seen. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, everybody does that. I know. Everybody does that. Why and, are you you're so, you're so braggy? You're and so I, braggy this morning. I've also seen every nomination this year for Picture Director, Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Screenplay, and Adapted Screenplay, with one exception, Killers of the Flower Moon. I have 15 days to see Killers of the Flower Moon, and I think I may need all of them. I may need a very strong tequila drink too if I were going to watch all that so Paul why yes. do I have you here today because yes. uh, in my discussion with Howard Fine mm. that we're going to have ah. um, we're going to be talking about all of the best actor nominations because he teaches acting mm. so I want to talk to him about the performances what he sees in the performances um, and I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to him about this I'm not thrilled to I don't even know who's nominated at this point okay. that's how far out of the loop I am and so you're going to tell me how many things I need to see in literally like the next three days okay now the question <laughs> is is he are you just talking about the best actor or do you want all four acting categories because I said I've seen all of them with the exception of the killers of the flower moon uh, which, ironically for me, will probably have one of the winners, as Lily Gladstone is a shoe-in, is a shoe-in yeah. to win. Yeah. Um, and um, well, let's go, let's go. Is it going to go through all four categories? Or? I don't know. I think it just depends, and uh, how many movies I need to see to hit all those. Okay. Ones. Well, let's 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 count let's count it down. First movie uh, available on Netflix. You got Bradley Cooper in Maestro, mm -hmm. where he plays Leonard Bernstein. Mm -hmm. That was cast by Shana Markowitz, who she and I were assistants together for the amazing Deborah Zane. And her career has taken off into the stratosphere. I'm so thrilled for her. She's the nicest person on the planet. Um, now, you were watching Maestro. Yes, I watched Maestro beginning then. And I kind of walked through the room a couple times. You treated it like it was a, the sample plate at Whole Foods, when people would come <laughs> by and grab a little thing of sausage with cheese. And you would walk, you would come down, <laughs> sit down for a few minutes, and you go, like, all right, I get it. And you'd walk into the next room. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't mean to dismiss the obviously... So, looks like you're going to be making West Side Story soon, huh? Yes, it seems like that. Well, one thing they don't know is that we're married, but you still like men. Yes, it bears to be that. But you are a genius. I might be. By the way, that's me doing both Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan. And Sarah Silverman. All right. It looked amazing. I was just very busy that day, it, it's, and I couldn't sit down. It's beautifully shot, mm -hmm. beautifully acted, mm -hmm. and an answer to... Part of an answer of a trivia question of there are now two films of which Steven Spielberg has received an Academy Award nomination where he wasn't the director. Ah. He produced Maestro, and the other one, and this is, boy, if you want to talk about Rumpelstiltskin, what the other film that Steven Spielberg received an Academy Award nomination for where he was not the director... Rumpelstiltskin? It might as well be that. It was Letters from Iwo Jima, Ooh. a Clint Eastwood movie starring Ken Watanabe, done almost entirely in Japanese. Mm -hmm. And Spielberg produced that one because it was World War II, and that's yeah. the law. He has to produce every yeah, World War II movie. definitely. There you go. All right. Bradley Cooper's great in it, mm -hmm. and I think he has an outside chance of winning. The, it depends on who else is on it. Okay, the other one. Okay, uh, next up, available also available on Netflix. So these are very easy for you to watch. <laughs> you just it just requires the will to do so. A wonderful performance, Coleman Domingo, oh. who's had a good year because he was also in the, the Color Purple, but he was the lead character in Rustin, mm -hmm. the, and he is fantastic. He carries that movie. Oh, he's always fantastic though. So I, I can I do a little flex here? Don't do, uh, why not? I cast Coleman Domingo mm -hmm. in a film that paid him almost no money, but he did it, and it was called it's called Nothing Man, and if you look for it, it's out there, and he was wonderful, and uh, he's a he's a dear friend of a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm rooting for him ever, always. Mm -hmm. I mean, when he was in 
Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I thought it could possibly be next to um, Chadwick Boseman, literally one of the best performances ever in the history of acting. Yeah, he was fantastic. he was so fantastic. <clears throat> Both of them were. I mean, I can't even, I, I can start to cry right now thinking about it. But anyway, okay. And that, the movie he was in that you cast was called what? Nothing Man. Which is also what they offered him. <laughs> Nothing Man. <laughs> Sorry. It's all. Stepped on that right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Next, okay. next up, you have Paul Giamatti in my favorite movie of the year, uh -huh. and not just because it takes place in Massachusetts, oh. and they go to the restaurant that I used to go to as a kid, the Chateau in Waltham, Massachusetts. Oh. The Holdovers. The Holdovers. This sounds like it's going to be right up my alley, to be honest with you. I love Alexander Payne films. Yeah, me too. And, and what's, what's another one? Uh, I don't I love. Uh, he did. I loved Susan Ruth. I loved Election. I loved. Uh, mm -hmm. He did the uh, the Descendants. I loved About Schmidt. I know not everyone did, but I really loved About Schmidt. Mm -hmm. um, I was not the biggest sideways. I know that was the one that got him his first Oscar. But uh, and then this film, The Holdovers, is I just think is wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Well, okay. I'm okay. Okay. That's okay. A uh, next up, we have. Killian Murphy mm. in Oppenheimer, an obscure film, art house film, may find its audience. Well, I was thinking that since I watched the entire series of Peaky Blinders, I could just say that I saw that nope. and that's enough. No, nope, no, nope, this is no. And, and look, it, he's obviously a wonderful actor. He is not the Peaky Blinders. No, it's his, <laughs> that's his brother. I'm sorry, that was a presentation of his brother in that. But, um, you know, he's Tom in Peaky Blinders, right? Tom Peaky, is, is that his name? Um, Tommy, Tommy, Blind Tommy, Tommy oh, Blinders. Tommy Blinders. I not remember the last name. I know, I would, he's got the little blades in his hat. Tommy he, something. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Shaw, no, he was from Sticks. Uh, we, can, we can look it up. Again. I know you all know it. We all, we all saw Peaky Blinders. I th uh, um, I, I felt the show needed Sam Neill. Um, in Oppenheimer, he's great. He's it must have been exhausting because he's always on, his his jaws clenched the whole movie. I can't believe I made a bomb. I can't believe I made a bomb. <laughs> oh, it's a bomb. But the bomb will be why, big. Did, why does he have an Irish accent? No, Oppenheimer have an Irish accent. Yeah, I don't know if he had an accent. He mumbles for most of the movie. Oh, so need more people. I don't. Know. He's no. He's great. He you see he stares a lot into the camera. I have to get, uh, keep talking. I have to get my phone because i got to look up uh, his last name. Yeah, but I mean, look, Oppenheimer is, I mean, it's incredible that that film became the box office bonanza that it became. And his performance, you're the lead performance that has to carry, I can't say he carries the emotional weight of the film because he doesn't show much emotion. It is a, it's a wonderful performance in a lot of it is what you bring to it, you know, what the audience is bringing to it because he doesn't show his cards much. Mm -hmm. um, he does show his butt. <laughs> an award for the best butts. Yeah, but... And uh, Ryan Gosling would definitely win. Does he get nominated? He got, he got nominated, but not for actor. What? <laughs> Ryan Gosling is not nominated as he, an actor? He's nominated as supporting actor. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That would have that been the Barbie <laughs> thing that, that, that if Ryan Gosling got nominated for best lead actor, but not Margot Robbie, would have made... <laughs> just bring out the pitchforks and and, and, and torches. But Killian uh, no, Murphy is kind of the odds-on favorite to win. No way. Really? Um, I, I, I actually... I don't have a problem... With, and, and Tom, we'll Shelby. Tom, Tom Shelby. Tom Shelby, that's right. Shelby. That's Tom Shelby. Tom Shelby. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, Oppenheimer's, I think, clearly going to win picture and director. If it doesn't, it'll be the biggest upset since Crash. Uh, but I think that that Killian Murphy could sweep in if with an Oppenheimer uh, momentum. Uh, I think one of the things, I would, uh, I would give it to Paul Giamatti because I love that movie so much, but the person who I think is going to give Killian Murphy his biggest run for his money is the fifth nominee, mm -hmm. who is Jeffrey Wright mm -hmm. in American Fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love him so much. He is, first of all, American Fiction is a fantastic movie. It's one of my it's my second it's probably my second favorite film of the year after the holdovers. It's my favorite kind of comedy in that it is fighting and sarcastic and, and rueful and no. no, it's sweet and generous and just fluffy. It's <laughs> a, it's a, it. No, it's it, it, it is all those things. It's a, a comedy about something and the humor kind of makes you uncomfortable at times, but that's kind of mm -hmm. sort of the idea and he plays his part um, of the writer who jokingly writes a story about the stereotypical African American experience. And has it turned into a massive sensation after all of his books that he'd worked so hard in his life couldn't get any attention that he right. jokingly writes a book right. that to be an attention grabber and it becomes a sensation. And he is he is fabulous. Uh, he's fabulously funny, but he also he has to deal with 
um, with death in the film. He has to deal with uh, family members' dementia. He has mm -hmm. to deal with him dealing with his own scruples of should he sell out or not. And I'm not. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, and all you have to do is pop in the DVD and you can watch it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's because of the screener. But uh, the ending is is fantastic as well. And I will tell you what the ending is because I, I think you would see you should see it. And I think that there's some momentum. I think people have discovered that film since the nomination. And it would not stop. It would not stun me if Jeffrey Wright wins. It also wouldn't stun me if Bradley Cooper wins because he was the writer, producer, director, and star. And sometimes it's sort of like, hey, here's your one thing. And he also did that for Star is Born. Yeah. They, to walk away with something. Give the guy something. Well, I know, but that's not the point of it. That's And that's my whole existential crisis that I have every year that I've talked about so much about yeah. these kinds of awards. It's like, what is the award for? And how are you quantifying it? And so I saw Jeffrey Wright live in his Broadway debut, his Broadway show when he was in Angels in America, mm -hmm. um, many, many years ago. And he was just amazing. And he just owned that role and it was a groundbreaking role and, and all kinds of things um and i just when i when i think here you're describing all of the different you know characters how do you define like who's the hardest character to play and and what 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 takes the most you know work and and i mean it's just really it's i don't know what we're what, we're, what are we judging here you know what i mean I know, this is the discussion i should be having with howard fine <laughs> but i'm having it with you it's true and it's also there's the whole notion of it, it, the oscars would probably be better if we wait five years because we get to see what film resonates over time how many times do you see can you believe that, that such and such didn't win best actor this didn't win best picture because at the time sometimes a more showy film will get the attention um i i you you're hard-pressed to find five more different performances than Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy, and Jeffrey Wright. And also, I mean, the performance is attached to the writing, right? Mm -hmm. So are you really awarding the writing? You know what well, I mean? Well, there's, there's a couple of instances I can think of at the top of my head of people who received nominations for films that I would have given them the award because I think they rose above the writing. I thought Denzel Washington in The Hurricane mm -hmm. should have won because I think the script of The Hurricane and the, the movie, which was directed by the the great Norma Jewison, may he rest in peace. Norma Jewison was a terrific director, but I felt the, the film itself was kind of just a little bit by the numbers, but Denzel Washington's performance of it was so great that it it raised the whole level of the film. I think right. that another example of that for me was the movie, it came out around the same time, was the movie Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett, which I actually don't think is a good movie, but I think she's so good in it mm -hmm. that if I walk did I watch a good movie or did I just watch a great performance? It was it was more of an Oscar flavored product. And now, who, who was the guy's, the guy's name again who was in the movie with the bear that went after him and Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, okay. so he's, he's an obscure actor. Do you, do, do you know what? Do you know what? His agent never comes back and says nothing, man. He gets more than Colbin Domingo per film. God, nothing, anyway, man. Anyway, well, no, oh, by the way, Leo wasn't nominated. For what? what he was the star of the Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, okay, I haven't seen that. Anyway, neither have I. Um, so listen, so you know, a lot of people said, well, he—that was such a hard role. He had to be in the in such harsh circumstances. They almost died. And he definitely did the most acting. Yes. And it's the hardest, you know, that was really hard. But then you look at maybe, I don't know, you can tell me what else was nominated. Who else he was nominated for? Oh, Matt Damon in The Martian. Right. Okay. And he was stuck on Mars. And they, <laughs> do you know, this act on Mars? No, but then how can you come Like, maybe there was a more subtle performance that was, you know, cerebral and, and very emotionally difficult. I don't know, was Adam Driver? I, I, not, I, I have to look at it. You okay. free. I don't have this one. Do you know what I mean? It's I like know quantity versus quality. And if you are in, if you have a role where you're in makeup for, like, a day before you perform. And, well, you know. I, one of the great, like, arguments of, like, there was in... Uh, in 1980, you had two of the biggest kind of like showcasey performances. One was De Niro in Raging Bull, where he put on muscle, he put on fat. Right. Then you also had John Hurt in The Elephant Man, who had to act through all of that makeup, all that, you couldn't even yeah. see his face, but you do that. But you also had Robert, and this, these are years I can't do by memory, that year you also had Robert Duvall in uh, The Great Santini, where he plays the, the meanest act. Oh, and a couple of years later, think about this as a, I'm going to see if I can do this from memory, because I know you had Paul Newman, who at that point had never won in The Verdict in a really intense, subtle performance of him dealing with his life failure, alcoholism, being a lawyer for the underdog. You also had um, Jack Lemmon in Missing, mm -hmm. 
where the anguish of his son was lost in, I believe it was Central America, and, and he and Sissy Spacek were trying to track them down. You had Peter O'Toole in My Favorite Year, where he is a this flamboyant, flamboyant, like, you know, almost a borderline er a drunk Errol Flynn, basically, kind of performance. You had Dustin Hoffman in Tootsie, mm. where he had to not just do... Play two roles. But he yeah. also was so great in that film that it wasn't just a joke of, oh, here's Dustin Hoffman with a wig. There was sometimes you forgot that you were watching, that he was yeah. so immersed, there was whole scenes in that where they had to throw in a gag about the, the, the gender situation because you were so immersed in the character that you remember, he's actually a dude. Yeah. None of them won. Ben Kingsley won for Gandhi. Uh huh. You have a, you have a real that's a source. It's a source box. It's Gandhi BDT. <laughs> now, don't don't don't. Now Gandhi don't. is is a wonderfully made movie. I'm not convinced it's over. When I started watching it in 1985, it could still be going on. <laughs> who directed that again? Richard Attenborough, who okay. later Steven who beat Steven Spielberg for best director, and Steven Spielberg was so generous he cast him as uh in Jurassic Park, where he has the line "Welcome to Jurassic oh, Park." Oh, Ben Kingsley. Okay, no, 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 he cast Ben Kingsley in Schindler's List and right. and and in AI. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Okay, anyway, we're, we're drifting. Okay. Okay, where were we? Um, okay, those are the, f the five best actors. Okay. The, the best actress yeah. um, that does Please not... Please tell me Margot Robbie, because I've seen that movie. No, no okay. she's not nominated. Okay. Remember, there was, a, there was a tiny bit of controversy about that. <laughs> Shoot! Now, you got Annette Benning and Nyad. Uh -huh. I saw Nyad. Uh -huh. uh, Annette Benning somehow has never won an Oscar. Right. She's always... And she's lost to Hillary Swank. Twice! Yeah. She's lost to Hillary She's always up against a actress, a younger actress, who's doing something very kind of, um, very kind of showy. You know, you had Hillary Swank, uh, the first time she's, uh, there's the whole, the, the transgender situation in Boys Don't Cry. Oh, yeah. And then Hillary Swank boxing and dying and saying, oh, for Christ's sake, when am I going to beat that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she did American, uh, Netflix did American Beauty and she did uh, um, uh, Kids Are All Right. And then later she was nominated and she was up against uh, uh, Padme Amandala in Black Swan. Uh, <laughs> Natalie Portman. I, for a moment, I was like, Ooh, wait a minute. And she was also previously nominated for The Grifters. Right. And she probably should have won for The Grifters, but Whoopi Goldberg won for Ghost because they forgot to give it to her for The Color Purple. Okay. So anyway, now so she plays this role where she has to swim. See, high effort. Like I said, what do I have to do? Yeah, do yeah. I have to swim from Cuba to Florida? Come on, I'll do it, I'll do it. And it's, she's obviously, she's at that panic. She's, she's obviously great. And, you know, it's a very physical role, it's a very demanding role, but she plays, there's a lot of humor in her role, and they poke fun at the fact that her character is a, obviously she's a look at me person, but look at me, I can swim here, yeah. and that some of the people around her are like, yeah, you're a bit much, yeah. you're a bit much, and yeah. she and Jodie Foster, who, who's also nominated for supporting actress, I would watch them, <laughs> I want them to be the new Lemon Mathau, you know, Jack Lemon and Walter Mathau made a bunch of movies together, oh, okay. I want them to do, I want them to do a driving film, I want them to do a film where they go to Vegas for the weekend, <laughs> I want to see them do a heist, uh, wow, come on, I keep it going, it. I want them to be the new uh, Redford Newman, let's go, I want to like, see a bunch, like Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin now are like attached to the I, I want it to be Foster, because they are chemistry together, yeah. as they are former lovers who are now just best buds, yeah, yeah. and they are, the chemistry between the two of them is off the charts, yeah. and if she won for that, I would love it, because she deserves one, but she's not going to, because Lily Gladstone's going to win, we all know that. Well, that's great too. Yeah, oh, it's great. I'm sure she's. Good. I haven't seen Killers of the. No, neither. But that's the one best fiction novel from since 1943. I have not seen. Uh, next up is Sandra Hüller from Anatomy of a Fall. She evidently is the only working German actress because she's also the star of the best picture nominee, The Zone of Interest. But she's nominated for Anatomy of a Fall. She's wonderful in the film, and it's. Uh, it's the film is a very challenging emotional movie because it's so cold and distant, mm -hmm. and because throughout the film you go back and forth of did she kill him? Did she not kill him? No, it totally makes sense. She didn't kill him. Oh, she totally did kill him. No, I don't. And so, You're not spoiling it, are you? Well, you know, it's from the beginning. It's it's an anatomy. <laughs> the breaking down. Of, it's not talking about how the Red Sox blew the '78 uh, division title down that fall where the, they they collapsed and it was in the fall. That's why it's an anatomy fall. It's a baseball movie. No, it's about a dude who falls off a house in Switzerland. That's the opening like ten minutes of the movie uh -huh. and the investigation and the trial about it, where a lot of things are coming up, which is like, wait a minute, did the wife push this dude off the 
like the, the forensic show, this is not a guy just falling off a roof. Uh -huh. And so it's, it's an anatomy. They're breaking down this fall. And did this woman kill her husband? Uh-huh. Okay, but you're not spoiling it. No, okay. nor am I giving you any ideas. Next up is Carrie Mulligan <laughs> in Maestro. Right, which I, like I said, I dipped in, I dipped out. You dipped in, you dipped out. I think it's really, sometimes the fast dialogue was too much for you, see? This I is, saw her fall into the pool. You know, oh, yes, we're going to, so now, what is this West Side Story you're doing? I don't know. Why are we talking the same? Why is there a big balloon floating past the, uh, big balloon floating past hey, the... Hey, girls, oh my God. What? Oh my God. Okay, okay. Pause. Hello. What the hell? Okay. okay. Oh, stop, stop, stop for a second. I, I, I didn't see, I'm sorry, I didn't see what was happening. Okay. Well, edit point, was... edit point, edit point. All right. Um, okay. We're back. <laughs> okay, right. so, so, yeah, um, then you have Emma Stone for poor things. Right. In a normal year where you don't have a, a, a clear front runner like Lily Gladstone, I think Emma Stone would have a real shot. So, this is an intriguing. I mean, again, I haven't seen this film. I uh, have. I know you told me. Um, it was a tough ride, right? Well, I called it a young, horny Frankenstein. <laughs> And then some say, actually, it's young Horning Frankenstein's monster, not young Horning Frankenstein. Okay. Because this is, <clears throat> this is really compelling for me just as an acting teacher is, you know, having to relearn how to be a human being. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting exercise. And uh, that's that's a degree of difficulty. Now, it, but does it equal a performance that's worth? Is like I think so. I, I, I think it's, I think, and I'll give you an example of a, a, the, the fact that you totally buy that she's learning what her body is, again, learning how to walk, learning how to talk, learning how to express. And then when she discovers uh, sexuality, she's like, she's like, why would anyone stop doing this? And then she doesn't, with, with just reducing any like social social uh, uh, context for sexuality, they're like, oh, this is great. Can I do this with you? It's uh, like, yeah, and like, because yeah. why wouldn't anyone not do this? And right. and not, and like things being placed on her about the patriarchy, we're like, well, why? That doesn't make, so like really learning like how to talk, how to act, why you don't fart at the dinner table. You know, like this is just all these things. Well, some people. Well, I, well I, some people haven't learned. <laughs> um, and that she does it with, uh, she does it with a, a sense of like, an, a sense of honesty that is funny. It's like she, it's my thing where my, my buddy Richie Duncan and I would always say for certain films, uh, what would you really do if? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the humor, instead of playing a caricature, how would you really act if this happened? So one of the things I love about Tom Hanks' performance in Big mm -hmm. is like, what would you really be like if you were a, what was he, a 10, 11 year old kid who suddenly became uh, a grown man? What would you really, how would you really act? Right. And in some way, I mean like another, like a, like a performance like Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black of right. how would you how would you really act if you were a bug trapped inside of a human skin, or or uh, you know or what does it say? Do you want to use audio device? What does that say? I don't know. Do you script? No, don't use. Um, okay, and it's also like like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly of like how would you really act if you were a human being right. transformed? So I think that I do think that that's a challenge to take that role and to have it not just be a. Uh, a caricature or something over the—it is over the top, but it's—it's it's, you totally believed her, and I think she's a terrific actress. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's move this along. Okay, uh, supporting actor—you have Sterling K. Brown. Always great. He's always great. Plays Jeffrey Wright's brother in American Fiction, um, and he's wonderful in the film. Um, uh, you got to give Martin Scorsese a lot of credit. Again, the, the, it's the one film I haven't seen so far, which is *Killers of Flower Moon*. But he discovered this amazing talent with Lily Gladstone. Now she auditioned uh, for Reservation Dogs, actually. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, she did. Well, he also discovered a new young actor for Killers of Flower Room named Robert De Niro, who, <laughs> again, I haven't done my homework. Uh, I have a lot. I, I think he has a, a big future ahead of him. Seems like he has. I hope he has range. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Oppenheimer. Uh, this is, to, I'm just going by memory, I believe this is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s third nomination. Oh. And if you can think of any three performances that are more different, he was nominated in the... Richard Attenborough directed Chaplin as Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. He was nominated in one of the most meta Oscar nominations ever for Tropic Thunder. Mm -hmm. 
as the actor who was so desperate to get another Oscar that he transformed his skin so he could play a black man oh, God. in Tropic Thunder. I've not seen that, and I don't want to see that. And now um, uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Of which, when I saw the trailer for Oppenheimer, and the first time I saw Robert Downey Jr., the th what thought popped in my head? Hey, Stanley Tucci's in it. <laughs> Another great, another great another actor, great another Oscar-nominated actor. Oscar actor. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is great in the film, and it would be interesting if he wins. Yeah, so this is interesting to think about an actor who is stretching. <clears throat> I haven't seen this performance, but you know, when an actor really stretches, if they're known for comedy and suddenly they turn in a, just a really banger performance uh, in drama, I mean, <clears throat> that's something that's really impressive. And but is that does that warrant the best, like to show your range and to really come out of the gate in something completely different that really, you know, really flexed a different set of skills? Well, I, I, I'll respond in this way. So it's funny that it's all it tends to be that direction of you're a dramatic actor oh i showed i could do comedy because you know, or or you have a comedic actor oh look now now he's taking it seriously now he's taking it seriously it tends to be the way it goes you reward someone well, for like doing Robert, Robert williams is a great example right you're yes. one of the funniest men in the world and he does uh you know he does uh, uh goodwill hunting he doesn't win for good morning vietnam he wins for goodwill hunting mm -hmm. um one of the which will brings us to the next nominee who has been nominated many times for dramas is Ryan Gosling nominated for Barbie? Mm -hmm. And I happen to think Ryan Gosling is a more interesting comedy actor than dramatic actor. With the Nice Guys, if you haven't seen The Nice Guys, <laughs> it's it. one of the best comedies of the last ten years. <laughs> it is nonstop laughs. Yeah. It's a hard R. Yeah. But you know, don't 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 show the key. Oh, I love Barbie. Oh, Ken's in this. No, <laughs> yeah, he is. But he has perfect comic timing. He has perfect yeah. comic timing as Ken. And I have no problem with him being nominated. I do understand the problem not nominating Margot Robbie, who gives a wonderful performance as Barbie. But he's here's Ryan Gosling, who's first. Yes, he came up through the Mickey Mouse Club, but he his first nomination was for oh, as the teacher who gets addicted. What's the name of that, that movie? It was, oh uh, yeah, Half Nelson. Half Nelson. <laughs> thank you. And then I mean, he's been nominated for his dramatic role. Oh my gosh, his role in Blue Valentine. Yes. Oh my God, he's so so good in that. But now he's shown the his comedy chops. I can only think. Of, now this is just off the top of my head. I'm sure if I if I think about it. There's some actors who, um, I mean, Marissa Tomei won for a funny performance in uh, My Cousin Vinny. She was not a very well-known actress at that time. The only two actors I can think of off the top of my head who were known for their dramatic performances, who won Oscars for their comedic performances. One was John Gilgood, in, who won for Arthur. Mm -hmm. um, there was also, uh, uh, I guess, Jack Palance winning for City Slickers. But I think both of those were, they're veteran actors. We should give them an award. Mm -hmm. But the, the one who was an actor in their prime, who was known for really heavy drama, who went out there in a comedic performance was Kevin Kline who had done Sophie's Choice, uh -huh. who had done The Big Chill, and then he does A Fish Called Wanda, uh -huh. which is a brilliant, completely bonkers comedic performance, and that's what he won for, which, as someone with a comedy background, makes me happy. So you might look at this as something that occurred to me as you were talking, not that I wasn't listening, yes. but... Um, <laughs> Why should it be different than any other day? <laughs> is that, uh, you know, you might look at Ryan Gosling's performance and go, oh, come on, where is the difficulty here? He's a hot dude, blonde dude, playing a hot blonde doll. You know, and you might think, you know, where's the heavy lifting there? But I, when, I know when you look at his performance, the, the timing, the, the self-effacing humor, I mean, there's just a lot to it that I think is really interesting. But um, but I can see where you would think that, well, that's just something, it wasn't that hard for him to do, you know what I mean? And the role isn't as, as doesn't have the gravitas. But I don't know, see, this is the thing, it depends on who you are and what you think is hard and what, you know. I think his, his lifetime of being, you know, coming from the Mickey Mouse and being so presentational, he's just got such great... He's so solid in anything he's in, yeah. you know, because he's been doing this since he was a little kid. He's just—I'm I'm just constantly impressed by him. Even when I see him in, you know, in interviews and stuff, it's like he just, without being cheesy, he still seems authentic. Like he's just a regular dude, but he's clearly just so, uh, so, so talented, and and he makes it look easy. I guess that's what I'm trying to get. He makes something look easy that is not easy. No, and then you could say the same thing about Margot Robbie's performance. Yeah. Wait, oh, how hard is it? Ellie, sorry, keep talking. Uh, you could say how hard is it for someone who looks like Margot Robbie to play a Barbie doll. You know, and oh, she's just playing a doll, she's playing a toy. But that role that she played had a lot of layers. And the fact that she could play 
the different emotions and do the physicality of it yeah. and do it in a way where it's it's humorous and yet still hits the posts of a lot of the parts it needs to do, I think that their, their two performances are, sim are quite similar. And going along the way, especially if someone who's been in blockbuster movies stretching themselves into a completely bonkers role, is Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, who I think has an outside, the Hulk has an outside. Oh, Poor Things? Poor Things, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, uh, which you clearly haven't seen. Um, Mark Ruffalo, you got the Hulk could beat Iron Man in this one. <laughs> and his performance is wild, flamboyant. It's, it's, he dances, he acts, he acts jealous, he does temper tantrums, he acts seductive. It's a, it's a borderline kabuki performance that he does in the film. Right, so here's my question. If you'd never seen him before, if you didn't know how usually buttoned up he is, mm -hmm. would you be so impressed by this, by this actor? No, I mean, I'm not, again, I haven't seen it. I'm sure he's amazing. I love Mark Ruffalo. Like, again, somebody who I've seen live way before he was ever famous doing, you know, New York theater. I don't know the answer. Um, it's, it's, how much does not is the baggage of that, yeah. of what he brings in. I don't. I honestly can't tell you. I honestly don't know. Um, it's it's funny. When I saw the film, if you told me there was going to be a Best Supporting Actor nomination from it, and Mark Ruffalo is, is terrific in it, and he made me laugh out loud a couple of times, I would have put all my chips in the center of the table. It was going to be Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin. <laughs> so this is all about Marvel, anyway. But I felt that I felt that uh, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe, who again is under makeup and he, he uses his unusual looking face well, but he basically plays the Frankenstein, Doctor Frankenstein of the film, and has humor and pathos and humanity, as well as the, all the eccentricities. Uh -huh. I felt his performance was more interesting than Mark Ruffalo's. Of the two of them, I would have gone Defoe over Ruffalo. But is his character more interesting? Is this on the page? That it's I think it's a combination. Okay. I, think, I think Ruffalo's nomination partly is because you don't expect Ruffalo to be in a film like that. So Ruffalo, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's uh, my conflict. Yeah. Um, supporting actress, you have Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. who, again, seems... I would watch her do anything. Yep, she's terrific. Anything. You've got Mary Poppins is mad that uh, they're blowing up the bomb. <laughs> And then she has to report it back to Meryl Streep. Emily Blunt's terrific. Uh, she, is, she has as much of a chance of winning as I do. Um, oh. no, I mean, she's great, but she's not going to win for this role. Not, the best supporting? The best supporting actor. Okay. Uh, Danielle Brooks in the musical version of The Color Purple, which also features Coleman Domingo. Uh, she plays, uh, I'm really surprised it wasn't Taraji P. Henson, who plays uh, the Suge the the Avery part, where she she does it very differently mm -hmm. than Mar Margaret Avery. Oh, Margaret Avery. Margaret Avery. If you haven't seen the original. The original, the Spielberg Color so Purple. My biggest problem with the movie Color Purple, the, the musical movie, is... The musical numbers are terrific, but there are whole sequences of the film where I keep saying, please break in the song, because you're just basically recreating a scene that I've already seen with Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover and uh, uh, Margaret Avery and Adolf Caesar and Oprah Winfrey, you know, and the, the amazing cast in, in, of the Spielberg film. Uh, and Danielle Brooks plays um, the role that, that Oprah Winfrey originally played, and she's terrific in it. Um, again, Why isn't she a lead actress? Because that? the lead actress is a Seeley. The, oh, wait, wait, Whoopi Goldberg was here. I'm sorry, I said Oprah Winfrey. The that Oprah Winfrey played. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, let's watch it. Just can you just reset yeah. that? Daniel Brooks, um, what was her name? Um, Sophia. Daniel Brooks plays Sophia, which uh, was played so wonderfully by Oprah Winfrey in the original. And Oprah, and Oprah Winfrey, uh, by the way, this is an instance where two people have been nominated for playing the same character. Right. Uh, someday you should, I should write a list of the, the, the times that that have happened, like um, Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. In I will never forget that shot. It's an overhead shot in the original Color Purple where Oprah's playing um, Sophia. Yeah. And she gets clocked by a man, just comes and just punches her in the face. And mm -hmm. she falls into the street. Yeah. And her dress just kind of falls open and you can see her under. I mean, it is the most... It's hard, powerful. It is, yeah. it is a gut wrenching moment of just, I, 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 I can't even describe how I, how I, when I think of that film, it was just and, awful. And then, and good. I mean, it I was mean, powerful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, there's a scene in the film where, uh, in the original film, where Oprah Winfrey's character Sophia confronts Whoopi Goldberg's character, uh, Seeley, after Whoopi, after Seeley suggested that Oprah Winfrey's husband should, should hit her. She said, you should beat her because she's not being, mm -hmm. she, because that's how she was raised. Oh, that's how you get her in line. Right. And then she confronts her to say, you don't, you know, don't you say that to my husband. And it's a, when, I think it got Oprah her nomination in the original one. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's a great performance of which they break into song, mm -hmm. which it's a musical, obviously. Um, 
it, she's terrific in it. I don't think she's going to win. I think she, she's really terrific in the film. Um, the last three are, uh, okay, uh, I'll just say the other, the other nomination. I mentioned her briefly, Jodie Foster and Nyad. <clears throat> she's great. She is, she's not going to win. She already, she can already play, she only can play with her two Oscars that she's already won. She's probably going to get an Emmy Award for a true detective. Yeah, I mean, she's already won two Academy Awards and, and, and is a legend. And it seems at the end when she's encouraging, like, Annette Benning, to come on, keep swimming, keep swimming. Your Oscar's here. I've got, here, I've got, I've got come on, your Oscar's right on the shore. <clears throat> it leads us to the last two uh, supporting actress nominations who I think you can make case for either one of them to win. America Ferreira in Barbie mm, oh yeah. with her speech. Yeah. I mean, she, she's obviously, America Ferreira is a, she, we got to know her through um, Ugly, Betty. Ugly Betty at Superstore. I mean, she's yeah. obviously she's a very she's successful and, and, and beloved actress. And she was giving a good, solid, comedic, warm performance. And then she gives the speech. But she, that's what I'm saying, though. That speech that is speech from the is, hand of Greta Gerwig. Yeah, <laughs> so without that speech that is written... But if she know. but if she delivers it in two hand fisted away yeah, or two... Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to, it, it's a combination. Sure, sure. And I think that speech could earn her the Oscar, especially yeah. with the backlash of some of the nominations the film didn't get. I'm just going to put this out here, and I love America for, forever. I love her in so many things. Um, I feel like... In almost anyone's mouth, those words, because those words are so powerful, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think those words are going to resonate almost no matter who is saying them. And that's the strength of, of, and it's also the strength of the zeitgeist right now, of yeah. what women really, and not just women. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who, all, all different kinds of people who are not women, um, hear that speech and feel like if you're a parent, you feel like you're caught in this constant uh, contradiction of what you need to be, you know, no matter who you are, if you're, no matter who you are, I'm sure as a teacher, you're supposed to be all things to all the kids and all the parents and all yourself and be perfect. And, and uh, as a child, you feel like you need to be this, you need to be this for, you know, I think that that, that the, the nexus of that speech rings through so many people's bellies, you know what I mean? And, and she delivered it she perfectly. delivered it perfectly, yeah. Which brings us to Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers, who I think can and should win and will win for this. Mm -hmm. And her performance is so remarkable because it, it plays with your own emotion when you see the film of a woman who's cooking at a prep school who you would, a lot of people would ignore or take for granted. Mm -hmm. And even the way that she's brought into the film, she's one of the people who work there. Mm -hmm. And oh, but we're mainly paying attention to the kids and this and the, and the professors and the teachers. And there's the people who cook the lunch and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And they throw a few things about her at the beginning, but you're mainly focused on the kids and the teachers. And then when she really introduces herself in the, in the film. And she, it's not like a big flamboyant opening scene for her. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm going to sit with you. Oh, I'm going to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to get to know each other. And that by the end of the film, she has some of the biggest, hardest emotional moments of the movie and becomes the three, the three leads in the film who are completely different people from different worlds and different points of view are so intriguing as, each, mm -hmm. as how they're now interconnected in a way that no one else will ever understand because they weren't there during that Christmas break. Uh, her performance is fantastic. I would love it if both she and Paul Giamatti uh, one for for the performance because okay. she's great and I think she, I think America Ferrera or Divine Joy Randolph are the two uh, uh, front runners in that particular category. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The odd thing is is that there was such a push to get Carrie Mulligan a Best Actress nomination. She actually has top billing in Maestro over Bradley Cooper. Really, I think that's a little false modesty from Bradley I Cooper. Do too. Yeah. If they had pushed Carrie Mulligan as supporting actress, mm -hmm. I think she would win. Really, because there isn't of the five I just listed. Again, I would give it to Divine, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, but there isn't that one overwhelming favorite and there is an overwhelming favorite in actress yeah. there's sometimes they play games like that i mean they, they do i mean the fact that like um uh, jake gyllenhaal was best supporting actor in uh brokeback mountain yeah. and heath ledger was best actor wait what well that's who's that's because they were submitted that way i know but yeah, i mean that's what i'm saying they're yeah. submitted okay you're let's 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 not split the vote here I know, I know. and, and that's, well, that's, the, that's that's the kind of the gamesmanship that makes me annoyed and crotchety about the oscars and i hate that because i love honoring 
excellence in performance. Like here is a bar. Here are a bunch of examples of the bar that actors are aspiring to do. This is the kind of work. This yeah. is the kind of material. This is the kind of um, result of hard work. And, and, I, and I do love that. But I start to get really depressed with, when I think that how politicized the awards get. Well, they've and always been. Also, and they're, they've yeah, always I know, been. I know, I know they have it. I know that they're also they're a reflection of what's going on in our world at any given year, right? Well, that's one of the reasons why I got why I've gone on my Oscar scavenger hunt, and I've seen every nominee since '43 because. It, it is, it's not always, it's clearly not always the best films. It's not always the best films of that year even get nominated. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to see what was in the zeitgeist for that year. Yeah. What was what was considered great and what people were honoring. It's fascinating to watch the nominees from the 40s. How many of the films are films about not just World War II, but the home, the home world of World War II, what was happening on the home front. And there's a bunch of films like Since You Went Away or um, uh, uh, The Human Comedy that are films about being at home in World War II. And then you'll see, and also, you know, films about the edges of World War II, like Casablanca and Watch on the Rhine, which are films about not the battles, but what's going on with, like, espionage and everything going on in the, in the world, or in the underground. Um, and then you watch the kind of films that were resonating in the 70s. You watch the films that were resonating during the 90s. And in, in many ways, you saw a lot of films that, that were huge at Sundance beginning to infiltrate uh, the Oscars. A lot, of a lot of times in recent years, people have complained that the Oscars have been out of touch and, and they haven't been nominating films that are big, you know, they're, they're like obscure art house films and foreign films are dominating. But the reason is because the, stu the studio has kind of lost interest in making Oscar bait. There used to be, they made, the summer was for blockbuster fun, films, fun, yeah. and then Christmas time was when they would go for prestige, prestige films yeah. that, that would still be big money makers. Mm -hmm. and, but it'd be like, hey, everyone's home for Christmas break. Everyone's together. Oh, let's go to the movies because at that period of time during Christmas and New Year's, where everyone just has time off, and mm -hmm. let's go to the movies. Oh, I heard that's good. And so, <laughs> and so there'll be a lot of films. That's when you saw films like, you know, Rain Man was a massive blockbuster. A film like Dance of Blue Wolves, right? There were all these films that were very clearly, hey, like they were clearly renting their tuxes while they're editing it. Oh, we're totally, we're in. They're practicing their speech. And so you would see a glut of the Oscar nominee. There'd be big, high-profile films. A lot of students stopped doing that because they just treat the whole year as the toy section. Yeah. And so the only films left are films like. Um, you know, a film like Coda, or a, which is a beautiful film, or a film like um, the, uh, uh, what's it called, where she fell in love with a fish, uh, The Way to Water, um, <laughs> oh, and then you, or, um, or Parasite, you know, and Parasite's a, a, Parasite's a fantastic film, these are all good movies that I'm saying, yeah. but the idea of there being a time, you know, Christmas time is always interesting, because you would see, like, the big films that they had big Oscar hopes for would all come out in, like, a five-week stretch, so they'd be fresh in your mind at the end of the year, yeah. and they don't, that... It's now just still how many more Spider-Man films can we can we shove into the theater? Which makes a film like Oppenheimer, which oddly was a summer movie, uh, that was the kind of film that used to those that would be the kind of that used to always come out at uh, around Christmas time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the other thing that has jaded me was, and maybe it's not as prevalent anymore, but the, all the antics that Harvey Weinstein used to do around Oscar time, all mm. of that strong arming, all of that. I mean, all of that, those campaigns, and it just makes you so jaded. And everything my dad once said, like, okay, these are awards that people are giving to themselves. Yeah. It's just a marketing. But I guess all awards. Well, that's are what like always that. was. Yeah, they're all they're, they're they're not. Yeah, they're all made up awards. But it, it, the <laughs> thing the thing I always found interesting. Um, is that when the Miramax years, when they were strong arming everything in to get awards, and it's like basically pushed Shakespeare in Love past Saving Private Ryan. If there was ever a film that was guaranteed to win Best Picture, it was Saving Private Ryan. When Harrison Ford opened the, they even brought out Harrison Ford to hand the Oscar to Spielberg, and and Harrison Ford opened up the envelope and he said, "Look, I know I'm high, but I think this says Shakespeare in Love." And then there was a the two audible gasps I ever remember were Shakespeare in Love and Crash winning, but um. <laughs> 
but that was because the campaign it was a campaign but it was also he beat hollywood at their own game in terms of campaigning and there was always campaigning he just did it better. they just did it better than anybody else and i know i say this and the other thing that, that gets me a little crotchety is that i hear people <laughs> you even say this like well they you know they gave it to this person because of this and there is no they. there is there's, it's me i mean it's I, like maybe the general public civilians think that there's like a big conference and all the academy you know members get together and they and they talk it out and they you know make their case for who they're there is no they there i mean there, there is and, and my example as you know i was working for um an academy member, which I am not, but he was, this is many years ago, and he got his ballot, and he was like, I haven't seen any of these, you vote for me. So I voted for him, which, you know, is not what is supposed to happen. So that year, you were an academy I, member. I, you know, the they was me, and I, you know, that's not really right, but that's, you know what I mean? So I don't know, we have to take it all with a grain of salt, yeah. but the thing is, like, millions of dollars are at stake here because, you know, every actor who wins is going to have their, their price go way, way up, which is great, you know, yeah. but it, it just, it's, it's just, it makes me a little bonkers. But anyway, thank you for talking well, me through. What? And I'll just say of all the, the I've also seen the screenplay nominations, the director and picture and the one Oscar brag, nominee, brag, brag. the one Oscar nominee I haven't seen is the one I want to see, but I held off watching because I was catching up on all these Oscar films. Like, oh, this is a big hit. I'll catch it later. It's Godzilla minus one. Is which, nominated? Yeah. Godzilla was nominated for actor. <laughs> and again, it's who you know. And that's more of a lifetime achievement. He's been doing this since the fifties. <laughs> And, he, and he's stretched. He's done some, like, the film Godzilla's Revenge, which came out in the mid-60s, is more of a children's movie where a kid befriends Menia, Godzilla's son, and gets to know Godzilla as a father figure. That's a real movie, Godzilla's Revenge. Boy, did that catch me off guard when I expect to see another Godzilla action film at age nine. Going, what the hey am I watching? Godzilla Minus One was nominated for Best Visual Effects. Okay. And everyone I know who has seen it says, oh, yeah, you'll love it. You'll think it's amazing. I grew up, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. And they pulled it from the theaters because... God, this is Godzilla minus one got pulled from theaters because Godzilla times Kong, all these mathematical <laughs> Godzilla films, is coming out and they had to, they had some sort of agreement. It couldn't be in theaters like a month before this Godzilla Kong film, which nobody wants to see, is coming out. And so now I'm like, okay, I've seen all the Oscars. Well, I think we know two people who do want to see that. Okay, not, fine. Not you and I, but it's your yeah, family. But, um, but yeah, and I'm like, oh, you pulled the film I wanted to see? And, uh, you know, I was going on Fandango trying to find it. We're in Los Angeles. I'm not talking about well, we're in Spokane or I'm in, you know, uh, Decatur, Alabama, where not every there's not a lot of movie theaters. We're in freaking Los Angeles. Decatur, Georgia. There's a Decatur, Georgia, and in Decatur, Alabama. I, I performed in Decatur, Alabama. Gotcha. Okay. It's right across the river from Huntsville. Okay. But um, shout out to Decatur, Alabama. <laughs> and, and Huntsville, for that matter. Um, I couldn't find one theater in Los Angeles showing Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Um, anyway. So this is all in prep. Thank you for prepping me for um, the research that I need to do because we are going to be interviewing Howard Fine. And I had asked him to come on. He also has a book coming out, so I want to talk about that. But he's going to we were going to be talking about the Oscar nominations, and uh, but now we kind of already did. So I don't know. Maybe we won't talk about that with him. Dean's going to kill me because he's been trying to watch all of these films. I don't know. Well, maybe, I need to shake things up. Well, well, you got to catch Killers of the Flower Moon. It's the one yeah, I haven't seen yet. Yeah, so. I want to see that for sure,sies. Um, all right. Well, this was our Saturday morning um, pre-Oscar workout prep getting ready for the big day. Thank you, Paul Sullivan, for walk, talking me through this list. Yep. And all of your- Wait, wait, so, wait, so, how many picture nominees have you seen? You've seen Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen Past Lives? No. Past Lives is wonderful. Okay, what are the other ones? Okay, you got American Fiction. Nope. Anatomy of a Fall. Nope. Barbie. Yes. I was trying to say, different things. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. Nope. Maestro. Sort you saw of, half of them. I sort of saw it, yeah. Oppenheimer. Nope. Past Lives. I already said no. <laughs> Still no. <laughs> Do you ever watch this since I last asked you? It's a short movie. Uh, Poor Things. No. The Zone of Interest. Nope. Listen, I have been watching True Detective, Fargo, all kinds of... Okay, so you checked off Jodie Foster. You I checked off... I mean, see, my life is mainly surrounds TV, and I've been watching... You've, cast, know, more, you've cast more people than yeah. you've seen Best Picture nominations. True. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this insane conversation. I hope that you are getting excited for the Oscars. Um, and um, I know Dean is. He's a, he is deep diving all of his research. You know, he does all the research on mm -hmm. the show. But anyway, yep. all right, we hope you're going to have a great week. But for now, this is Killer Casting signing off. <laughs>